You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. to grind the hardcore podcast I, I like the sauce that you put on that that's what pat when you're listening to this that's the sauce i want on the it's uh you know you, you set expectations and i understood the assignment i'm bob i appreciate it i'm bob and i'm tom patrick's not here uh when you hear this he is you know he has some weird long drives let me see what where he'll be on the uh, Thrice Self-Defense Tour the day that you're hearing this. Um, it's going well by all accounts. Uh, Weird to yeah. see them as, a, as a, like a, a smaller band. There's only, I think, four people on stage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm we used should... to seeing them with like, you know, viola players and <laughs> people so, playing the timpanis and shit. So they're going to have a day off today. Um, the day this is released on October 19th. So uh, shout out to him. He's going to be driving from Saugat, Illinois to Denver, Colorado. That's a solid uh, 16-ish. So, wow. Yeah. All right. Um, Brutal. Yo, so he mentioned wanting to do the four-piece thing and be like, oh, that's how I'd like to do the band going forward. And like, you know, Tom, you're much like me. We, we try to give Patrick the benefit of the doubt, right? It's tough when I first heard him say that, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I'm thinking about why that would be maybe going for just a sparser live presentation, just like a more concise sound, maybe just tightening everything up, not just kind of being loosey goosey. And then I was like, wait a second, Tom, if, if, um, if you and me and Andy and Dave and, Jerry and uh, Jeff and Tim and Kayla and you know Kara and ba ba ba. If the if ten of us go out, we order nachos. You don't get those nachos ten ways, right? But if just me and you uh, go and split those nachos, to have a plate of nachos for me and have a plate of nachos for you. So, so Mr. Artistic old, Guy. Yeah, exactly. Our old dirty dog Patty over there. So cap so Mr. Artistic, I only do things for the love of like my art for is going full Joe capitalism. Yo, he's uh we might need to call him Patty Late Face. <laughs> Give me all the money. All your hugs and kisses too. Um, everybody, I uh, want to say a big shout out and thank you to our wondrous, illustrious, incredible sponsors. Close casket activities. Give me a sound. <coughs> to live a lie. <coughs> Death wish Inc. <coughs> and last but certainly not least, 
Run for Cover Records. Beep, beep, beep. Keeping it tight. Shout out to the homies. Go support them. Order stuff from them, from their label. Buy their apparel. Buy their distributed items. We appreciate them. We appreciate you. Tom, how you doing today? Feel much better from last week. Woo. Just like a bright, sunny day. Uh, I am feeling good. I gotta, I gotta admit a little thing here. Pulling back the curtain. Uh, before we started recording, um, I actually put my now four-month-old daughter to sleep all by myself. So, wow, uh, you could say I am. Uh, I'm like an X-Man right now. I'm. You're like the master of your domain. Yeah, fully charged superhuman feelings right now so wow uh, shout out to the dads out there who uh are having to put their children to sleep sometimes but it's like you should don't don't just rely i thought about it i was like yo there's dudes who never did this i'm sad for those fuckers let your wife go get acupuncture let your girl go do whatever she let your partner whatever your choice is go do what they're gonna do and and you take a couple of those because amanda she loves doing bedtime but yeah, you know, you got to change it up sometimes, right? Right. It's Tom, a good deal. Tom, it's a TB12. Tom Bob 12 great things. I like this concept. Um Today, do you want to introduce this one? You introduce. Yes. <clears throat> um today we're going to do the TB12 of the best 90s records. And when we say best, we mean yeah, to us. personal favorite. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's always hard to define kind of define the variables because it's like, of course, there were 90s records that like are far and beyond the best records that may not really stri- like scratch an edge for Bob and I. Right, 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 right. But they deserve to be on the list as much as some random, you know. Yeah. If it were, you some know. shit that personally like I'm like, oh, I love this thing, you know. Right, right. So it's kind of like we're trying to to balance both of those together. I think a lot of, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, here's my thought before we go into a little pre-production on the air. Let's do it. There's definitely going to be some on here that we've talked about far too, far too much. A billion times. Yes. You want to do those as almost like honorable mentions off the top and then get into some stuff that we don't talk about all the time. Yes, and I think if there's anything, we should go back and forth. And if there's anything that we mention off the top, they're like, oh, let's dig into that. Let's put a little pin in that and pull it off to the side. Sound good? Sure. Yeah, because there's one on here that I know will be on probably both of ours Mm -hmm. or a band that's going to be on both of ours that, like, we we shouldn't talk about that. I mean, like, (laughs) they're the greatest, but, like, yeah, we talk about it. We get it, bro. We get it, you know. Um, And also when Bob... And I were discussing this. Um, I opened this up to EPs and LPs. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. And like my that. other thought. Yes. That I did not count. I feel like 1990 was a very big year. Yeah. <laughs> that would have probably taken up half the, my list. I did not count. I almost counted the 1990 as the ending of the 80s for these purposes and these purposes only. Well, so let me throw a few of these out there that were, I believe, 1990. <laughs> Right. Which I agree. They feel more like the overflow, the spillover of the 80s into 90, as opposed to like, hey, and here's the 90s, you know, Youth of Today, the self-titled seven inch. 
uh, yo, it's incredible. It's great. But uh, they were not really they were an 80s band. Yes. They were in a 90s band. Right. Burn. Burn seven inch. <laughs> incredible. Inside out. No spiritual surrender. Incredible. <laughs> like right What's there, it? there's three just bangers. Um, but those all feel like either spillover from the 80s or just not full on in the 90s. But <clears throat> look, I don't think either of us would feel comfortable saying like, oh, you know, like there's there's a bunch of better records than those ones. <laughs> That'd be pretty those, tough. Those are pretty good ones. Um, on the personal personal, Bob talks about this way too much, but I, I want to mention it here. Um, Citizens Arrest, The Light in the Darkness. Uh, if you are looking for the fast, aggressive punk hardcore scene that existed post CBs in late 80s New York, Citizens Arrest 7-Inch of Light in the Darkness came out in 90. And that's like the best of the entire ABC No Rio scene. I can cut that with the 90s stuff too. Does feel a bit more in line with the 80s than it does the 90s. Which is odd though, because like the Quicksand 7-Inch came out in 1990 and I feel like they were 90s, man. Well, because think about their... They were starting. Yep, and and okay, so here let's let's jump into the records that we talk about plenty. Quicksand slip. You I know what? That. I didn't even have any of these on there. Uh, yo, it's I love it. It's we talk about it. We talk about quicksand a lot more than a lot of people. Um, we we love them. Uh, they're fantastic. Um, please listen to quicksand. But uh, yeah, one one of the best records in the nineties, absolutely, easily. Yep. Um. <coughs> You give you okay. So these are the another yeah another one that we talk about too much. Yes, um, probably two actually. Yeah, please. Mine is 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 threefold misery by one hundred eight. Yep. Like we people are like, you know, we get it, bro. Yeah, we you <laughs> like them. Got it. Cool. <laughs> and just so we you can may clear, like, um, yeah. yeah, you. I was going to the same place. I think your threefold misery, then, um. Holy name, then songs. Is that right? Uh, no, I would go threefold songs. Holy name. Okay. I th- think I'm songs, holy name, threefold. But I have to admit, most of that is nostalgia. Like, I got threefold way later in the game. And even when I first got, I went, oh, so they got better. Right, like they just got—they were a better band at this point. But I got "Holy Name" and "Songs of Separations" younger, and they, you know, Twilight style imprinted on me. So, sure, yeah, uh, that's fair. But I mean, I think threefolds just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not objective, but it's pr- as close as you can get to objectively like better capturing the band. The band seemed like a more concise vision and just had more going on to the sound. And it sounds heavier. like nothing else. No, they're very little, very little. Sense, and I don't think sense, there's been sense, much. that or sense. Yeah, yep, exactly. Okay. What else? All right. Those are, I have, okay. um, I think those are all the ones that I'm like, we've spoken upon, upon <laughs> these records and they're okay. not honorable mentions because like they've just missed the cut They're We've just spoken about them too much and people get bored. Yeah, and, and yo, to be honest, it's not that we get bored of it, but we get bored of. Oh being, no, yeah, you know, we don't want to be, we don't want to be redundant. We don't want to go through our exactly a hundred times. So, um, you should if you Google search "Axe to Grind 108, I'm sure stuff will come up where <laughs> the episode listing. Um, 
shelter. For me, I put quest for certainty. Wow. We Is this on the them. I'm, yeah. I'm asking we we talk about shelter between the three of us. That's another one of the like all three hosts of Axe Grind really fucking like this band. I don't know that we've totally beat it to death, but I know I've talked about Shelter Quest for Certainty enough for people to know that, like, all right, we get it. <laughs> you like that record from the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've spoken about like a taint all those records enough that it's kind yeah. of like, well, we haven't beat him to death, but he is bleeding. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, that he's down. Is, yeah, he's he's yeah. being waved out by the ref. We're waving yeah. him out. The 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 uh, the oh, what is it? <sighs> In uh, boxing, it's not a ref. It's a, is it a ref? Judge? Yeah, it's a ref. It's a ref. Yeah, okay. ref. yeah the ref is waving it off. Um, yeah, standing account. Here we go. You're going mantra over quest? Yeah, I would probably go attaining mantra quest. Okay. Yeah. And I'm quest mantra. I love attaining. Yeah. yeah. Was attaining. So here's, this is one of the things I want to get to. Attaining both, was my first. Yep. We're both a bit, and this is the, you know, and if PK was here, it's the same thing. We're a bit of 90s children here. Um, yep. You were a little bit earlier than me, but not not crazy. Um, so it's like, yo, there's nostalgia built in. Just understand that. And that we're, we're acknowledging up front, like, yo, there's some shit that imprints on you. And you're like, this is this is what it is. Um, I'm looking through my list. <laughs> I got 13, which I, one of which we might have spoken about too much already. <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's two. Okay. Are you, can I just get these out of the way? Get them out. Get them out. Yeah. All right. Um, just because I think they've been talked to death in hardcore period, not just even by us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the to me, if you had to pick, well, no, I think that's that's not. I was gonna say like if you had to pick a record from the '90s, like to go in like a fucking you know one of those things that you like put in the uh, what do you put what do they call those the uh, time capsule time capsules to put in the ground, like you know. Like, would the 80s be like, would you put Age of Quarrel in the ground? And for the 90s, would you put Satisfaction as the Death of Desire in the ground? Okay, sure. So Satisfaction, I feel like- we, we, we've talked about it enough. We ha- You know what? When we talked about it more, we talked about it very early in the podcast, Lifespan. Um, this is, with very few uh, deniers, the Age of Quarrel of the 90s. Um, set the stage yeah, and this for a was- lot of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, it was kind of kind of like a catalyst for the very early discussions of this podcast. To be quite honest with you, because Pat's big, you know, stance was that they only have three good songs, and I was like, "Have you listened to Satisfaction? There's more than three good songs in there." He's like, "No, there's not." And like, I remember arguing with him about that, like in real life. Yeah, and then then that was his like you know, we should probably do a podcast about this. And I mean, it was his kind of like, he was the very early on trying to do like, you know, like to do a podcast thing, which I never would have fucking considered, honestly. No, it was, wasn't something I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast with some friends. Like it was <laughs> something that it would never have occurred to me to do. Cause I didn't think I could. Oh, well, here we are. You got, you know the, what I'm saying? Like, so like, this is like the germ of an hours. idea of like, yeah. you know, I am not Jimmy Hatebreed, however, <laughs> like it's like uh, Satisfaction's a pretty undeniably important record, um, and it is a bit of heresy. But like, I I kind of like Perseverance more. <laughs> and a lot of people good. do. It's a better recording. Okay, that's because I was going to say for this material, 
it's like that's the arena version, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the moment? Because you you played a good amount of shows with Hatebreed. Yeah. Yeah. What is the moment you knew you were like, oh, okay, yep. What is? Do you, was there a moment, or was there like a show you saw that where it was like, holy shit, or like you heard this record, or what? I mean, it's funny. Like we played, they, it almost was like it broke down to like it was probably three or four years. I think it was four years difference. We played in decision played a show in Providence, Rhode Island, at um, I guess it was at URI. Is that possible? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very. Um, our friend Rich Gaccione, the owner of Born from Pain. Um, oh, nice. He does all the Satan and all that stuff up. And mm-hmm. so he put on the show and it was, it was, oh, fuck, I'm going to blank, but it was Indecision. Um, um, uh, what's that band? Grimlock. Okay. Okay. And Hatebreed. Okay. Hatebreed played to us and we played to them. There was legitimately about 15 people at the show. Like, and this was, I mean, I, satisfaction was out. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Less than I mean, like four it, it years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Less than four years later, we play in Providence at Lupo's. Like sold out, could not put another human being in there if you tried. Oh, yeah. So like I <laughs> that, that was when I was kind of like, you know, like you knew Hatebreed was big. Yeah. But that one, I was like, oh, shit, this must feel insane to be like, yeah, we played here four years ago in front of nine people. And now there's like fifteen hundred people here. Yeah, and they're all waiting us. for us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, it was a big, it was like, I was just talking about this with somebody. It was like, we, MPB opened What Feeds the Fire, Bane, Shadows Fall, Poison the Well, and Hatebreed. Yeah. That's but I mean, it was like a big show, but it was like, hey, it was a fucking Hatebreed concert that we just happened to all be privy to, you know? <laughs> I don't remember there being a time being like, you know, I remember being like, you know, this record rules like from right. the get go. But I, th- there wasn't like a time that I, and I'm probably my own because I was on tour and shit. I probably missed it. But there wasn't a time that I was like until almost until Perseverance, I think, like right. So those shows were right before Perseverance came out, because, I mean, it was like a joke because it was like they yeah. were on like the Shihu timeline, the fucking Chinese democracy, Guns N' Roses timeline. that it was like, <laughs> you boys ever going to put another record out? Like, because it's been like yeah, five you're years. Riding, like you're riding this horse for a while here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like and they would play, you know, bigger shows. But I'm like, I'm not going to see them with fucking Slipknot. So like it's foreign to me or whoever. <laughs> yeah. 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 But then, yeah, seeing them then I'm like, oh, and it's never dipped since really. They played um, the Matt Levitson benefit. Yeah. One of those Manville shows. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it was online. like 98. Maybe it was 99. Um, yep. It was 90, mm, 99. 99. And Hatebreed played like maybe did a jump on. Yeah. Like one of the uh, there was two. And I, I think they might have played the second one, but they played and it was v- recklessly violent. Um. Yep. Spring two thousand. So the Hatebreed one 2000? was two thousand. Yep. So is oh, that yeah. that's is that right before Perseverance? Perseverance was oh two. Okay. So it's still a couple of years. Jesus Christ. So anyways, three actually. Oh, that's three, the sorry. moment I was like, oh, this band's gonna be huge. And it wasn't like I was a big Hatebreed fan, but like it was one of those things where it was like. Uh, let the bodies hit the floor style like just people were being carted out and it was just one of those like at a benefit oh my yeah and it was just like a people went nuts in this you know 
Moose Lodge, the Manville Elks Lodge, Elks Lodge, um, that just, you know, uh, I've seen a ton of good shows there. That was uh, that was like a gnarly thing to happen. <laughs> Think about 2002 Perseverance. Sorry. That's crazy. March so, yep, of, 20, yep, of 2002. Um, so that satisfaction. Yeah, that's certainly. So we'll take that end. off the list. That's like an understood. Go. Understood. Yes. Um, <sighs> Let's get busy. Yeah. I mean, the only other one that I'm going to put on here, and it's because we talked about it a bit last week, and I want to see if we should talk about it again. I think it's understood. Integrity, those who fear tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I think we talk about integrity. I mean, they had their own episode. Yeah, I think we talk about them enough. That that record, it's kind of understood. So um, with that said, I have some funny left to center stuff. I have some stuff um, that's interesting. Some things that are kind of like a little more not personal, personal. I, I tried not to be deep cutting here, but uh, but yeah, I'm excited to get started. Kick us off. Oh, I'm going first. All right. <clears throat> um a record that I don't know if we talk about enough, but it's been talked about in hardcore to death, but it's still like you put it to me. If you like this band, you put this record on in 2022. It sounds just as good as it did in 1995. Marauder Master Killer. Uh, One of my favorite records ever. Like no, no joke, like no exaggeration. Yes. So this is probably one of our biggest, like why splits where I'm left. You're right. Yeah. Early 90s New York hardcore almost complete not not missed me like oh I don't like any of it. I've I've come to like a fair handful of it. When I was young, I got all the 80s stuff, but none of the early 90s stuff. Like essentially like we talked about burn, right? And then yeah. like from 90 to 95 there's almost like a, a like Ooh, what happened in New York? I don't know, you know. Um, right, right. And part of that, I've I've thought about this, is because, like, first shows I'm going to are like spiky punk shows. There was a spiky punk thing in New York that evolved into the greater tri-state area, etc. And that's what I was going to. Yo, the people who are repping for like the casualties and blanks right. aren't the ones who were like, yo, you know what else rips? Marauder. <laughs> No, no. Yeah. Um, so I think I probably didn't hear Master Killer till I was in my mid twenties. Is that crazy? Wow. No, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, it tracks. It's not for everybody. But, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. No, but it is. I think it's like highly influential. I think it's like it's probably understated to say that at this point. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and I'll see you there. You there? Yeah. yeah no, yeah, no, I thought you were making, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's become like such a thing. Yeah. That like, it's like, all right, we got it. But like, as a kid in New York, like, you know, like, yeah, th- like those uh-huh. dudes like are from my neighborhood. Like, 
like I would see them around the street and like I would know people that called them by like their government names because that's how they remembered them when they grew up together. Yeah, when they were in school together or whatever. You were like, oh, you don't know Marco? And I'm like, who the fuck is Marco? And they're like, that's minus. I'm like, what? (laughs) It's like, yeah, he grew up on my block. He loves my mom loves him. And I was like, I'm like, do you know who that dude is? Like, they had no idea. Like, I'd have to be like, and these are like like sort of civilians. Right, right. I'm like, yo, really? I'm like, because I almost got like knocked like into the next dimension at one of his shows and they'd be like what and i go yeah like so far into you know yeah um, well, no right it's 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 exposing someone it's the uh the hidden world kind of effect of this shit um, yeah i mean I, I mean i'm sure they knew him to be like a pretty tough dude but like not to, and i think this record just is like you know it, it, hearing it at first it was weird because it was like the first like time i had heard jorge and not minus right and it's a definite this is a definite difference definitely oh like, you know, this, is a, this is a question for you mm-hmm. do you remember the first time you heard this record yes okay i you didn't love it heard the story didn't love it at first no because i was so used to minus but like if you listen to it like jorge is like an incredible like like he's got an unbelievable voice for this type of music like it's just right you know like he, he should have been bigger than he was to oh, be Jorge? Like, yeah. Like in terms of like, there's no reason why he shouldn't be like next, like fucking like Phil Anselmo in terms of like people with incredible, vo- like screamy, like voices. Like it's insane. Yeah. Um, but like, think about like you hear like demos and demos and demos. You're like, fucking Marauder's is my favorite band in the world. And then it's like, then you hear this and it's like, it's super produced. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's songs that you already knew, like Life is Pain and all these different songs that were on demos that are like, Sounds a lot different, you know, as if, you know, and you're 20 and you're like, mm, I don't know if I totally loved it. And then like two listens, and I was like, all right, I'm in. It was the same thing with like a band that I totally forgot to include in my list. And I'm going to do this right now. Life of Agony. Okay, sure. Loved all the demos. They sound like a fucking sheer terror band. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the LP comes out and it's, and it's like professional, like it's like <laughs> clean and and Mina sounds, you know, like a that she definitely had gone to like vocal coaching or whatever before they were sort of like, you know, hey, we like carnivore and biohazard and sheer terror. Like, yeah, and I you, sing, maybe my but it's like I go out a bit more, but it's not it's not like. Yeah. I mean, she was going for like Paul Bearer, like his crooning kind of. And then you hear the record and her voice is like. Like, oh shit, like you're hitting notes and shit. Yeah, like um, the best possible version of that that you couldn't imagine from Paul Bear. Right. And it's a shock in, at first, but then you're like, you know, this is what they were meant to be. And I think that's you get the same from Rudder, and you can say the same for Life Agony as well. True. True. All right. All right. Good. Good start. Um, a weird but similar question that I asked about Hatebreed. What's your early okay after master killer comes out yep what were the shows like for marauder did they get significantly bigger did it get crazy is there any specific memory you remember no not really i felt like they were like it was weird at least in like new york and stuff like they played shows but like they still felt like my band right okay like my local band because it was never like fucking you know marauder headlining and like selling out fucking coney Island high or wet when you know the wetlands and stuff like i feel like they were they were almost bigger in name than they were in draw yeah oh yeah i think they were huge in europe yeah like you see like undeniable. you see like posters and stuff it's like you know Slapshot is opening for them on tour and stuff like that yep 
But like in in the states and stuff, like I felt like for a long time, like Marauder was like our little thing, and like I think they grew more because the dudes out in California bigging them up than most of the time that they did on their own. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I think when Marauder would tour, it was probably much different than someone might imagine. Um, I bet there were some pretty yeah. pretty dry shows. Yes. Um, and a couple spots that were good, but but like they were a New York band when they were stateside uh, through and through. Like, yeah, it's one of those things um, kind of synonymous with New York for a large period and that, you know, uh, things just weren't as global at that point, you know, like, no, nah. uh, it, it's like, yo, would you expect a band in 1995 to do great in uh, you know, Ypsilanti. No, not necessarily. I mean, the first time they played there and, you know, do they even have a record store? Are there even like hardcore right. kids to go to this show in Mosh? Like, who knows? So, um, all right, let me throw one out here. Um, go for it. This is a 80s spillover, but I'm, I'm just going to mention it and get it out of the way and, and not talk about it too deep. But you and I both like this band and we don't get to go too deep. Until now, chain of strength. Ooh. What holds us apart? The second chain seven inch came out in 1991. I did. You know what? I don't think I knew the timeline. It seems later than it actually is. I I have a feeling that it was kind of a delayed, and it, maybe it's at the end of '90. Um, maybe the European version came out a little. The first strike version came. Is first strike the European version? Regardless, um, maybe it came out a little. First strike's not the European version, but maybe it came out a little later than it should have. Um, we don't talk about chain of strength because Patrick like has venom swell up in his face if uh, if their name even comes up. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they haven't done a great job, and well, that's not the reason. I mean, I was <laughs> no, I, I not Pat. Pat is just no. because Pat hates hardcore, but like yeah. I'm saying, like <laughs> no, yo, like they, I'm not as pro chain as I used to be, dude. I, I same. <laughs> Um, like oh you're like a right wing fucking cop man that sucks like yeah. you know well that and sucks. they had kind of a weird I, I, they had kind of a weird thing happen with the reunions a few years back and I don't know um, but that said um, did you see any of them what's that the chain of strength any of the reunions um, yeah I saw the New York ones I saw the the Rev anniversary show Okay, saw that, that one, was, and then I, I saw they those. Great. They were great. They were really good. and the Acheron one was amazing. The Acheron one was amazing. That was that really was them cool. and cl- clear, maybe. Yeah, cream, of, cream, the cream was it cream? Red there was cream. Least, um, there was one other band I was sort of interested in on the show. I don't remember who it was. It might have been clear. It might have been Pat Flynn's Pat band. Flynn's band. That would make sense. Um. They but were, I thought they were like incredible. It was fucking it was awesome. Incredible. That show. So the Actron, I mean, how big is the Actron? Is 150 people. Cap, 200 people. And it, yeah. it's an awkward layout. So 200 people in there, you feel like sardines. Yes. Um, it's like I, one of those, like, you pay the person at the front door, you walk in, you're like, and I'm in. This is it. This is as far as I'm going. No question. Um, yo, uh, these records were so big to me the like the two chain seven inches um my email for a very long time was too deep until now at aol.com 
So shout out. Um, this is a really good band who uh, took minor threat and like early 80s DC discord stuff and applied it to a chunkier late 80s sound. Yeah. And it's 80s bleed over. So it doesn't totally count for this list. But I just thought it was interesting because I was like, yo, that's a record I really like. I haven't listened to it in a long time. I don't know that I need to. It's it's sort of like like it's it's sort of like uh like a popsicle that you really like, but you had so many of them in your life. That you're like you're looking at the box that's got a couple left, and you're like, uh, those will hold. I'm good yeah, on like, that. For I know a while. what these taste like already. I don't need. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm gonna let them sit there for a while before I, I dig them out. So, um. Chain of Strength also uh, pretty influential in terms of sound and and the look. whole rev thing, the look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, post photos. No question, no question. Uh, I mean, I think that Revelation discography was super fucking influential. Super important. I think it came out you know, at a like, time where it just yeah. hit everybody, right? Like, and that stuff um, wasn't all easily available. No, you know. So I mean, that's how I first got it. It was because it was compiled on fucking. The two CD. seven inches in fucking impact or whatever it was on that. Yep. And I was yep. getting the tape and being like, this is fucking awesome. Like, I think I that's like, like 94, yeah. 95, somewhere right in there. 95. Yeah. Yep. And, and so you look at that and you think about this thing. We've talked about it a few times, but, but like, oh, the chain of strength uh, discography is easier to get for everybody. And what happens right after? Oh, this big wave of straight edge hardcore bands, you know? Random. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like it's like these things work together. Um, okay, let me give you one that's not that. Okay. Um, ah, we talked about it. You go, you go, you go. Um, all right, this is gonna be it'll be different for me. I'm gonna go a veil 4 a.m. Friday. Oh, really solid pick. Love a veil. And this might be my favorite record. I kind of vacillate between this and Maybe over the James, but I think 4 a.m. Friday is the best record. Uh, I think 4 a.m. Friday is my favorite Avail record. Um, in a weird note, I don't know if I know over the James very well at all. Um, that was kind of where that was the last record for me. Yeah. Then yeah, it was like front. Yeah. One Wrench was okay. And then Front Porch Stories was okay. But yeah. like, I feel like. But over the James and before are pretty fucking unbeatable. Yeah. So for me, yeah. And for me, the two I had and really knew were Dixie and 4am Friday, but 4am Friday opens with simple song and like, okay, like you're in or you're out. You know what I mean? And like, I just think that song pulls people in, in a way that a lot of records oh, it's just perfect. don't, you know, what a great song. Yeah. What a great band. Yeah. Dude, people need to listen to them. I agree. Um, because here's the question. Who is a veil for? All right. If you're asking Tom Shane in 1996 and 97, who the veil is for mm-hmm. literally everyone. Yes. Literally everyone. Fucking kids that like earth crisis. Love a veil. Love kids that like bouncing souls. Love a veil. Mm-hmm. Kids that are crusty fucking train guys. Love a veil. It's it was literally everyone. <sighs> like it, there was nobody like that. It didn't. It, there were the most unifying band. Yeah, that like, I can think in my entire life, like in, t- in my entire time of going to shows. If you are strictly a heavy all the time, heavy, all right. Like I guess a veil is not going to be for you. But right, if you are jumping on totally, point is like a muir, then you're not going to get it. Well, right, and I even thought like 
the people who are just because heavy has such a catalog now, like, you know, if, if you, uh, start at Jesus piece and stop at slipknot or like, you know, like the only way you dwell into melodies is through like only living witness. Um, maybe avails not for you, but know that there was a time where avail literally was for everyone. And I gotta be honest with you. If my internet, you know, my friends that I follow and stuff that, you know, those folks that were like all heavy all the time. Yeah. They're coming back. They're coming back to us. Okay. I have a a friend of ours, really Mm -hmm. good dude. Mm -hmm. Um, is primary is is one of the more well known heavy moshy guitar players that we know. Okay. Posting fucking Sam I am she found you the other day. I was like, you're coming around. I think people like are kind of like, I can't listen to fucking anything more. Like, this is as extreme as I can get. Give me some melody. And I think that's bless I think avail, like you cannot go wrong. I appreciate yeah. it. I think we're all in a healthier place when we get there. All right. Yeah. Avail 4 a.m. Friday is fantastic. Oh. And it's also f- like when we talk about records, we, we mentioned by the grace of God perspective that isn't in here today, at least not on my list, but like no. I, I, it's it's honorable mention. Um, that feels very 90s to me. 4 a.m. Friday feels very 90s to me, but not in sort of less meta commentary and more just like this record felt ever present just because everybody liked it. Like everybody, everybody was down for a veil. Um, yeah. Like to the 99th percentile. Okay. Um, you're going to knock off an easy one for both of us, though it might bring up a question. Lifetime Jersey's best dancers. Are you I, going? I, mean, I really fucked up. Why? Because I didn't even include that. And that's like one of my favorite records ever. I, well, and I was only going to ask, are you... Um, Jersey's best dancers, or are you? Or Hello uh, bastards. Yeah, Hello bastards. Jersey's best dancers all day, all night. Yeah, it's perfect. It's yeah, it's, really it's literally a perfect hardcore record. There's one of the the most perfect hardcore records I own. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, you don't fast forward through, and there's no song on there. You're like, I don't need to hear this. They, there's nothing. They nail it. It's fast hardcore. That's super melodic enough that it's. It's melodic enough that there's people who confuse it with like pop punk, but when you put the record on, yes, when you put the record on and it is fast, when it goes fast, it's faster than either of those bands, you know? And there's mosh parts. And Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, put it this way. I will, I mean, Hello Bastards is fucking great. Mm -hmm. There's some times though, you're like, I don't really need to hear, I'm not calling you. (laughs) You may want to fast forward that, but like, I feel like on, on, Jersey's best answers. It's fucking all go, yeah, from yeah. fucking beginning to end. And like, I could listen to that. I will listen to that record to the fucking day I die and still love it. Preach. All right, give me one. Damn, I really fucked up and not included. What was I did? Okay. I was also you in a, maybe in a thought COVID I, you knew I was and, gonna. You knew I was gonna throw one on there. Sure. Here's one that you you probably won't have on there, but mm. um, at the time, it was fucking mind blowing. Mm-hmm. First shy halut seven inch. Okay, give me give me some deets on that because you're not wrong. Was a big deal. I mean, it, it's 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 te- it's like, like a game changer it, for uh, like a huge swath of hardcore. Except I mean, all the big, you know, uncanny valley hardcore bands, they all love Shy Halud. Yes, yes. Like it, it, there's a direct line from from Shy Halud to them. 
they're not listening to you know any of the other bands that childhood were with it's strictly them and like yeah um i mean i remember we got we played with them in i always tell the story we played chad's first show with them yes in miami we were like we're like yeah this band's fucking crazy and i was like yo how old are you and dude's like i'm 13 i'm like how do you sound like that you're 13 like that's ridiculous and they gave they're like yeah we're putting out a seven inch on crisis here's a tape of it and we like fucking played that tape and like we came back to new york and we're like copying it for like everyone but i think you know it was it was secular um strong arms like if you had heard strong arm you're like same thing but guess what most dudes that are like fucking with revelation or or any of any of those bands we're not listening to strong no 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 super melodic fucking like drums that you can't drum you can't air drum to because they're all over the fucking place (laughs) Uh, great vocals like it's just you know i was gonna ask did the do you think because they had that a little bit of that background that they but they weren't like they weren't they were very i th- i don't they weren't like anti religion band i don't think no i mean chad was definitely a christian but he was also 13 and doing whatever fox said yes correct let's be realistic it's, i mean it's, yeah. to this day jay papito is doing what fox said so let's yeah. be- oh, it's, it's matt fox's band for sure yeah. and i mean anybody who's in charge of doing what that dude's doing saying yeah. um do you think they were able to bridge the gap both sonically and because they were they could play to both scenes. Do you think they were getting, you know, was that a good starting yeah. point for them? Yeah, and I think I mean they were like like how Stretch Armstrong kind of was able to blow up in in both like the Christian and the secular scenes. Yep. I mean it, it can't hurt when you can draw from both. No, and and then the Comeback Kid is a, a an example of that a few years later too. You know, yeah. Uh, oh, despite absolutely. the fact that for Comeback Kid, you know, we I think we've talked about this. It that really changed. If you. I don't know if you looked this up. I, I did. Um, that that really changed for them years later. The the because they were coming. At least a couple of the members were coming out of Figure Four and right um, coming out of that world, and then they really were out of that world. And uh, yeah, right, like their first record was on one of those religious, not Tooth and Nail, but Face Down or one of those. Yeah, Face Down, Face Down. You're right. Then they signed a revelation, uh, signed a victory, and then it was yep. off to the races. Yes, yes, uh, which I believe. <laughs> do you remember this? I believe that when we talked about Comeback Kid, we did a uh, listening party on one of the records. I think. Yeah, and on um, Wake the Dead. No, on Wake the Yeah, I think Wake the Dead. Right. Yeah, Wake I'm trying the to Dead. think if that's the name of the record. That's the hit. I think it is Wake the Dead. It is Wake the Dead. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, but they uh, they they were like, yeah, fun fact, we were traded to Victory so that. Uh, a band could get out of their contract. <laughs> That's right. That's wild. Yeah, and I got to be honest; those dudes took it with the best energy. Oh yeah! Shout out. I mean, Big I I really love that record, mm-hmm. and you guys didn't like it nearly as much. But like, no, there was no like they were so fun, cool about it. So props to those dudes for, from, for, catching, from all catching the way anything. we put yeah. this stuff out. We don't want to yes. be. Yeah, we're 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 trying to be honest and, and tell a story and, and talk about opinions, but we don't want somebody to like feel bent out by it either, you know? Yeah. So they props they to those it. dudes. And 20 years later or whatever, they played fucking furnace fest. And from all, from all reports kind of stole the whole goddamn thing. Yo, I, I heard from young folks who were bopping like at the show. Yeah. Yeah. Who just were like, yeah, a lot of this stuff was dry and comeback kid was, was 
pretty pretty banging. So yeah, uh, that's a good sign. Um, okay, uh, let me give you one uh, more '90s than I think people acknowledge. Ten yard fight, hardcore pride. Fucking great. Not on my list, but yeah. fucking fun. Yep, and just they, like goofy, straight edge, fun, straight edge, fucking jock. Yes, so, and it was so much fun. serious. No, um, no, but it wasn't corny. No, didn't. Yeah, right. Didn't want to be a joke band, but didn't take itself too serious. And I think you know you might get mixed reviews from different members of the band, but um, they were pretty formative for me getting into hardcore. Um, and this record in specific because it had a really good energy to it and there was a relatability to to the record as someone who was getting into hardcore that I didn't find on everything Um, which I never really put together but like yeah these guys are making like very easy to understand references and like analogies I know the Cowboys yeah yeah yeah. like oh (laughs) uh, you fumbled the ball you're gonna fall like like all these like, oh, okay. Oh, I get what he's talking. Okay. Yeah. Right. He's referencing this. This is why he's doing it. Um, fun fact of, I, and I mean, you know, correct me, but this is the legend I always heard is um, the first song is about Gorilla Biscuit slash Civ. And the second song is yeah. about Capo. And uh, that's a pretty interesting thing. Um, I knew. Yeah. Ballsy thing like, to come out and say on your first yeah. two songs. Um, yeah. I knew Hardcore Pride was. I didn't know. That forever was about. Oh yeah, Ray. Um, yes. Let's see. Wait, Come, is it coming in hot on EVR? On EVR, Pride, label yeah. that he fucking started. Wow. Well, no, and and it originally was on Big Wheel and then got reissued, so it must have been pretty hot. If uh, they're like, yeah, right, you know, they were willing to overlook it. Yeah, let's see it. Um, yeah, I think that record. Um, now, Tenure Fight was a huge part of the whole like straight edge youth crew kind of revival yeah but when you listen to it <laughs> it's it's closer to undertow than it is uh youth of today and you never would yeah at the time closer though, to strife than 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 youth today you wouldn't you wouldn't put that together because they looked no. they jumped around singers wearing a hoodie like they just yeah. looked like a straight edge band you know so and murphy and murph from undertow played for them yeah i mean yes that's they they not a million miles away from any of that. Stuff. No, no, a lot closer than you would expect. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> go give it to us. All right, here is probably the most underrated classic of the '90s to me. Might be a, a generational and um, geographical thing. Yep. Solid majority life of a spectator. Hmm. Um. If you I like mean, a veil. Yep. If you like seven seconds. If you like girl biscuits. If you like any band from Long Island since yeah. 1997. Yeah. I like mean, if you like melodic, like any Long Island hardcore, like, yeah, I mean, like fucking incendiary would cite them as a fucking, you know what I mean? Like sound nothing like them. Sound nothing. But then you can but go. They, they like, all grew up. Do you That's like the- Bayside? Do you like crime and stereo? Do you like glass jaw? Do you like taking back Sunday? Do you like Koyo? Fucking- right. You know, like I mean, Koyo covers them for Christ's sake. Right. And it's like standstill. Like, it's just, do you like fucking Polar Bear Club? Because that's where they got the name from. Mm-hmm. It just like, you know, an incredible record. I feel like having toured with them for all, for when all these records were coming out, you know, when yep. all these records were out, because like Unorthodox and this came out like within a couple months of each other. And we toured and toured 
in front of nobody. Yeah. And like, I, I think back on it and I go like, sometimes I, I go, fuck man, like we deserve better. But if anybody deserved better, fucking Simon Jordan deserved better because they, they should have been the band that made a career off of like being in a fucking punk and hardcore band because it's, it's these songs so, are perfect. It's so fascinating because they definitely mattered at the time. Um, did they have kind of a big last show? They did. Because I remember At, that being a thing that friends of mine went to and I was, was probably, go, but I, there was no room in the car. 2000, 2001. Yep. Right in there. It was yeah. at some church. Yep. It was in the middle of a fucking snowstorm. Glassjaw <laughs> yeah, played and only played their first EP because it was more like time appropriate. Yeah. Old heads. Right. Yeah. Movie life played, I think. Um, and it was nuts. It was it was fucking incredible. Um <laughs> And then the reunions were fucking insane too. Yeah. Think that's a band who'll play another show at some point? Um I I know that there's there are offers out there. Mm. Mm. Um, but these are some fucking weird ass dudes that are like, eh. We'll see. Maybe we, like the wind, the mood has to strike them. So I mean one of those things, yeah. I mean, there's some health stuff going on, and there's some people that are like, you know, I mean that, you know. Life of a Spectator does not exist on it's on streaming, but like that's a Digital. fucking it's not on on vinyl, on CD or whatever. Right. There's been times that they've been approached and they're like, nah, it's cool. Interesting, man. You know what I mean? And like, so like, you know, I was listening to an episode um, where we talk about reissues. It was actually a topic you brought up about like, should reissues be, you know, should you put a little extra oomph? Yeah. I feel like a like deluxe reissue of Life of a Spectator would be like printing money. Like like I mean Jeff run for not cover. singles and fives, but yeah, like twenties and fifties. Yeah. yeah. Jeff run for cover, hit him up, put together a fucking life of a spectator. They put out a comp sever record called Based on a True Story. Yep. Which is this early seven inches, which are also incredible. Initial doesn't exist anymore. You can get the you would love to know. <laughs> Yeah, throw them sure. all fuck a double LP, mm. and I will. You can do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, just to have it, it in print. And I, I, I just, I, it, it, it always struck me weird. Like I get it. Like if you don't want to play anymore, but to not have like a, a, an important part of your life, like to still mm. be available to people, it just never made sense to me. And I, I, and I've talked to them about it. And I've talked to other bands, and I'm just like nothing. No, well, like. Here's the thing. If you told me, I mean, both you and I know bands and people from bands that meant a lot to a very small amount of people. And so the idea, like a very small, you know, like, hey, maybe we never really got out of the local world. Sure. And at that point, it's like, yeah, you know what? We, we did, you know, a thousand copies of our LP 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, a couple seven inches. It's it's all good. If somebody really wants, they can find it. I'm not mad at them. No, but Silent Majority is not that. No, <laughs> like not close. Like no, no. It mattered a lot like, to a lot of people. I'm looking at their, I'm looking at their streaming right now. Do you know their streaming numbers? I don't. They're not huge. Only five thousand monthly listeners. Yeah, but which is fine for a band. To that totally fine for a band who's been broken up for twenty years. Yeah. Um, yo, I. 
think if there was a physical reissue, this would bring like a lot of new life to the band. And I mean, not that they need it, these records. You know? yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, just, why not? Well, and, and you know, like uh, I have a feeling there would be such a, a positive warmth towards it. Um, yeah. You don't Anyways. have to play any shows just to keep it out. Just to, yeah, no pressure. So some kid could walk into a record store and see that cover and be like, I'm going to buy that. Yeah. You know, what are the Only seats reason. on that cover of Life of Spectator? Do you know where those are from? I feel like it's from like Jones Beach or something. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. I forget cool. who took them. I should ask. Yeah. That's um, a good question. Great record. All right. Ready? You're up. Yeah. Uh, our New York is showing here, but I'm doing Breakdown Blacklisted. Wow. Great record. A little bit more on the personal side. I love it. I just love the record. I love the song Blacklisted. Like it's a it's a 12 inch EP. Yep. Or CD EP, whatever. I think there was a live set at the back. Listen to this. Blacklisted. Street Fight. What it is. Jail of Depression. Stuck in the city and don't give up. Don't give up. It's so good. It's it's good. The recording is weird, but I really like it. That I like eyeball? how. Uh, yep, sure is. Um, pre my chemical romance, I think. Yep. Um, I really like this record. I don't know how it's not available on streaming. Um, I wish it was. I think. It's, I think a mutual friend is working on that. Okay, good to hear. Um, because a Jersey a, guy, muscly. No. Oh, yes, that would make sense. He does reissue. Yeah, I think he's been working reissue? with with the Jean and with Jeff. I think for this end, what's the LP right after this? I'm blanking. Uh, 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 white cover. It is. Yeah, I can picture the fucking thing. Uh, we always blank out on this record, but it's. I also like, and it's great. Yeah, it's um plus minus. Yes. Yeah. See. So yeah. So this is the thing. They had the contracts that I knew. They had demo, which you could find. It wasn't the easiest thing to find, but you could find it. There was, I think lost and found bootlegged it so you could get it that way on cd but blacklisted came out i remember being like this is fucking awesome then plus minus came out really liked plus minus really liked plus minus actually like still when i throw that on and hear some of the the, like the more deep cuts i'm like this is a good song this is a good song this is a good song um Battle Hymns loses me a bit, but I yeah, should I probably give it, a, it. It never stuck. I think the production's weird and it just doesn't hit. But both Blacklist and Plus Minus deserve more love. I think I've probably shouted them out as records that deserve more love. But that's one of my favorite records of the '90s. So fuck it, Blacklist. <laughs> yeah, not on not on streaming. Not, not no, on needs to get there. Let's let's get. So it. maybe that means our friend is working on some stuff. Hopefully, ding ding ding. All right, give me one. All right. Um, all right. We're going to hustle. We still got a lot more to do um, uh, on broken life. Love regret. I think we talked about this a lot on the on the pod, so I won't go too crazy. Um, I think their their impact has been heard and seen through American Nightmare and Hope Conspiracy and Suicide File. And, you know, whether or not they realize like so many bands that like looked up to the late 90s and early 2000s hardcore and like metalcore mm-hmm. we all every all of us owe it to unbroken did they did you ever see unbroken like in the early the, like the original version yes like, once yeah where out here or wetlands really okay good show 
Yeah, yeah. I forget who else played. It was like my. It was maybe mouthpiece. I forget who else fucking played. Okay. Maybe Undertale. That would make sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was great. It was cool. I mean, okay. also, I was like, I didn't. It, it, it didn't mean as much to me at the time. Right. Right. Sure. Story of my life. Like I've been like, oh shit, I saw fucking Jawbreaker and Jawbox, and I was like, this is cool, whatever, man. Like, and now I'm like, you They're fucking like, damn. I wish I appreciated it more. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Like, at, like, but at 18, I was like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> like I just go, I go to shows because it's fun. I don't know. Like, but meanwhile, no, I, I'm like, you dick. You could you could have been soaking that in as it's happening. I understand. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Yeah. All right. Um. Damn. All right. I'm gonna get out of New York for a second because I was about to do another record from New York slash adjacent. I'm doing the Redemption 87 self-titled LP. Um, Unbelievable record. Fantastic. Um, also not in print and not on streaming. I believe it might be getting worked on. Getting worked on. <laughs> this is the uh, right, all, worked pu- on all, all Guns Poolside is up there, right? All Guns Poolside is up there. It's fine, but it's like an EP and then a bunch of covers. Which is cool. Like, that's cool. Especially at the time, that was really cool because it was like, oh, oh, here, here's some songs you might not know. Um, but the LP is Redemption 87's best work. For those who aren't aware, um, and like, here's the thing, Tom, I'm about to be like, oh, Eric Ozine, you know, like from yeah, the Nerve Agents. You know, it's, nobody knows who the Nerve Agents are. It's 2020. No. Uh, and Tim Yeah, right. Or from Token Entry. Again, people yeah. are like, who? Um, and basically people from like the distillers, I want to say, maybe. Yep. Oh, no. Yep. You know who else was in Redemption? I feel like Jade from AFI from was AFI. in Redemption. Yes, he was. He 100% was. Uh, right. Bay Area, fast, hardcore band. Um, sounded like today kind of vocals. Yeah. Youth bit. of Today, uh, but negative approach, antidote, throw all that stuff in a blender um, with a front man who would go nuts and Amazing. This band was more like an '80s hardcore band than a lot of the East Coast, like like the Ten Yard Fights of the world. Like yes. Redemption Seven felt like the throwback actual sound. Um, and they were going you, antidote seven inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like yeah. fast, aggressive. You could really feel the energy just pulsing off the records. Um, if you've never heard this and you like '80s hardcore, you need to hear it. Uh, if you've never heard, if you hear it and you like it, you should check out the Nerve Agents too, because it's more punk, but kind of an extension of this too. But I love the Redemption 87 LP. Um, and I mean, them coming east was like such a fucking deal. Because I think they played like three to four shows on the East Coast and they were all yeah. bonkers. They played Jersey. They played. I was at the Jersey Beach, show. And they played Maryland. I, there was a couple dudes, I, I believe Matt Molnar and Dave went to all three. And um, I don't remember when the, where the Jersey one was because Jersey was like so foreign to me at that point. <laughs> it, like we yeah, drove out it, there right anyway. But I'm like, if you were like, it was in Chatham or if it was in like somewhere northwest, I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like I have no idea. I'm pretty sure I've been to shows in Chatham and I've been to somewhere like places up New like Providence, maybe something like maybe. that. It was in one of those spots. It was my next played. I feel like uh huh. Um, Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, Shut Down, I think, was on it. I'm sure Uprise was on it. Um, Probably. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Uh, new. It was New Providence. It was Redemption 87, Ensign, Uprise, Reign of the Parade, In My Eyes, and Blade Crasher. Friday, May 30th, 1997. Oh, that's a different show than I'm thinking of. I shut down. Really? Played some other things. They, they might have played New York. I was at that show. No, I was at that show. But I feel like shut down and Weapon X played something. Oh, they definitely played one Providence. of those Jersey shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely played there. Um, it was that Blade. So that was Timmy's band before No Justice. Uh huh. Timmy Blade Crasher. Yep, that's right. Um, damn. Great I show. am sad because I had that flyer. I was just too young and didn't too young. have a ride. That was me and Sansone <sighs> drove out. Me and Joey Sansone drove out there. Uh, that's a great show. He's, he was the driver. We'd get in the Tahoe and go to fucking. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Tahoe. That's a that's living driving out in the Tahoe. Damn, right, dude. Yeah, he had it like for work and stuff, and like we'd like go to different. We were just joking because a band that we talked about a couple weeks ago, they were talking about doing like some reunion shows, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "We're going to all of them." And I'm like, "Can we rent the Tahoe?" <laughs> Because like every show we'd ever gone to, like we'd all pile into his Tahoe and drive to like awesome. Jersey and Long Island and Pennsylvania and Albany sure. and all the stuff for shows. I love that. I love a Tahoe. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, you're up. All right, uh, gonna go stay out west, going Pacific Northwest undertow the Control Seven Inch. Oh, okay. Sell me. On the I feel like that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think like at both ends is great. But if you're trying to get someone into them, I feel like control is succinct. It's, a couple, it's like five, four or five songs. Uh-huh. The song control is incredible. Um, I think they get lumped in with they're, they're kind of like a man without a country to me. Sure. And I think that's kind of sometimes why they get like overlooked mm-hmm. tragically yeah. sometimes because they're not metal. No, but they're kind of. Mm-hmm. To me, they're the best, even though they were never on the label, they were the best of the new age sound. Yo, they were never, they never put a record out on new age. No, they were on, um, um, uh, yeah, overkill. Yep. Yep. The Northwest label. And then they were on, um, Dave Larson's label. The fuck? Why am I blanking? Yeah. It is 1130 on a Monday night. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Don't don't get mad anyway. Yeah, and I but think they you're were, right. Oh. I think I think they were one of the best. Uh, <sighs> like they had fast parts. They had mosh parts. They had single. Like I feel like they were like them and mouthpiece made more sense together than you would think. Oh, 100 percent. They did. No, no, no question. Excursion records. Um, Excursion. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I, my God brain is stopping to. Um, actually had more material than i realized damn wow okay yeah and then they they put out a discography relatively recently on i think it was on indecision mm-hmm. called everything yes that's correct <laughs> i mean it's pretty you know good, good job on that um you know what i think you're right about this undertow record i think these are their best songs um and it was so the, the same thing you, you mentioned mouthpiece. I think that the same thing could be said for them. Um, I personally really liked the the mouthpiece LP, but if you talk to most people who who even sort of like the band, the face tomorrow seven inch is the last of the mouthpiece material, and it came out in '95, just like this undertow control record. And it felt like the most concentrated and best captured version of the band. And if I'm looking at these songs, I know the song noose. I know the song control. 
Right. And this is like probably the best version of Undertow. And I don't hate some of the other stuff. I like. I think stalemate's okay, and I think there's some good stuff on at both ends. Um, yeah, at both ends is great, but I think yeah. this is like the perfect encapsulation of them. Yes. Um, and if you want to see the last time I moshed, you can look up the undertow set from Nate Fest. Oh, nice! Because I was bet. like, I'm just gonna stand up here and watch because it was like they they split a set with Ensign. Okay, right. And I I sang an unbroken cover with Ensign, and then they so they ended their set with like an unbroken cover. Um, uh, oh fuck! What was the other band? I can't think of the other cover. And like one of their own songs with Nate playing. And I was mm. like, I'm going to stand on stage and watch Undertow. And like they literally started. I was like, you can see me like run from the stage. Yeah. I was like, I, I can't just stand here. I don't give a shit. I'm fucking forty. I'm moshing my fucking face off. Get it? Nice. Yeah. So, um, listen. To, everyone should listen to Undertow. Ink and Dagger drive this wooden stake through my Philadelphia. Man, heart. I am fucking up because that would should have been on there too that's why it's a team effort man we got it it's true um, what a fucking weird record what a fucking weird record what does it sound like to you <sighs> is swizz a fair fucking yes actually um is uh, that the closest you can get it's back to the future to swizz um <laughs> it is taken back you know like it's uh the dudes from making dagger step out of a delorean from 2015 into 1998 and like, Oh, hello. Um, it is so, so far past its time. Um, it's sort of like Swizz in a post Moss icon world in a, like, Hey, we're starting in Philadelphia basements, uh, playing weird, loud music. Um, this is the best version of ink and dagger. I, yeah, it's their it's their peak. There's other really good material. Like I think Fine Art of Original Sin is actually a very good record. But very good. Drive this and is Love their, is Dead is great too. Yeah, Love is Dead is really good shit. Um Drive This, they just kind of caught like lightning in a bottle. Um if if someone played this for you and you weren't familiar and said, Yeah, this is a band that just came out, would you believe them? Yes. Yeah, but I would cool. not think they were from Philadelphia. I would think they were like some weird like youth attack band. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yo, that might have been the better placement. Um, it in hindsight, it worked on initial. Oh, in sure. 2020, it would be better suited for something like that. One of the like more angular, weird labels, you know, like uh in Ink 2020, Dagger, fucking yeah. Jeff Rickley's putting this out on his label. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um this is a uh um this is a band who definitely got like good love through time and people like appreciated yeah. it more and more but it could probably deserve a little more talk honestly like, yeah i mean and they weren't big it, back you know? then no 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 that's a, a little bit of rewritten history this band played like i think we talked about it a little bit they played some bigger shows or whatever, I'm sure. sure. Played some festivals. But they weren't the headliner. No, 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 They'd no. They'd open no. for Kid Dynamite. That's right. That's that's right. And Kid Dynamite started <laughs> years after. After. Them. Yes. We so. played with them. Funny, very brief, funny story. Please. We played a show with them. I want to say it was in Holland. Could have been Belgium. Somewhere over there. Mm-hmm. And um, we're, we're there. So it's like the last four bands are Ink and Dagger, Indecision, Refused, All at War. Headlining. 
Wow. And all war deserved to be headlining. Like it was like definitely their show. And um we're you know, kickback played. I forget who else played. But so um Sean recipes like shows up to the show late. I'm like, what the fuck happened to you? And he got he was in the red light district. Oh boy. And someone pulled a shotgun on him. So like he was already ghostly white. That dude oh, showed yeah. up. He was like translucent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that maybe, dude was going to shit a little fear, huh? Yeah. And they oh, did. Boy. It was cool because they did. By the time in the States, it was like, this is 98. They were over the whole like, hey, we're going to set up fucking candles and shit. Yes, yes, yes. But they were doing the whole fucking kit and caboodle in Europe because it was their first time. Yeah. Um, I'll That's find the cool. flyer. We can post it I to the Instagram. That. Oh, yeah. Please, please, please. But yeah, people are like, oh, I wore over refused. I'm like, yeah. And it was right when new noise came out, like when uh, Shape of Punk to Come was out. Oh, boy. And we were like, yo, do you know you're selling your records for like 30 bucks? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. All right. I'm going to go fuck ourselves then. All right. See you later. Um, Capitals, bro. Yeah. like <laughs> That's when it, would, it wasn't even was late like, phase yet. It was just like burgeoning. Um, no. And it was still before it was before the euro. So it was like every and we were we knew everything. Like we were like kroner is worth this and this is worth this and yeah um Man. all right next next um for me oh you're up yes you're right you, you're probably gonna agree with this one mm. fixation on a fucking co-worker dead guy yes it's a very good record um h- how has this record become crazy big over the past two years and not that it wasn't big but like now it seems like they're a band who like like, did they get bigger over the last two years? That's wild. How did that happen? I mean, I think they had such a downswing that they yeah. could only go up. And That's I think, true. I mean, let's be realistic. You know, unless you're like, you know, older than Pat, you never saw them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The dead guys, the dead guy version that most people saw were not was not the Tim Singer version. That's right. You're right. Unless you're like an older guy, like my age, but like. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was the swinging with the dead guy quintet was like the band that most people saw. Right. So and now like, they're back with Tim and Keith Hawkins. It's like the yep. band. Yes. And, you know, like they, you know, were so influential on so many bands. You know what I mean? Like people weren't throwing their fucking guitars around before they did it. Fucking we stole that shit. Fucking kit and caboodle. Yo, um. Well deserved. All the decision wanted to be Keith Huckins. 100%. Uh, yeah, I, I think regardless of in a very different way than Avail, <laughs> but uh, this band could be for maybe not everybody, but just about if you like hardcore, you should you should at least listen to this record once. See if it, if I mean, it rises. Yeah, this you. is metalcore for the kids that don't like metalcore. Yeah, oh, this is metalcore for the punks. You know, like because this is metalcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's it's yeah. Full I mean, stop. Yeah, I think it is. I, I don't. It is. I mean, there's no. It's like black flag metalcore, but it's metal. Mm-hmm. And 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 Tim Singer, like, I'm looking forward to seeing them when they play soon. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to Philly, but uh, well, thankfully, now that I found out I had COVID. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but like one of the most intense front people I've ever seen. Without moving a fucking muscle. Yeah, just going. Just unleashing. and he was just like standing there and looking like like this guy might just come out here and fucking kill us all. Kind of. 
I mean, fixation on a coworker is like literally the perfect title because this record is for fucking lunatics. Yeah. And it's uh, you're not alive from nine to five, right? Oh, um, man. So, all right. Uh, let me go. Um, yeah, I'll stay in New Jersey for this one. Um, this one probably won't mean much to everyone, but it certainly will to people from New Jersey. Uh, the Vision One in the Same EP, which is a comeback record. Um, no, technically, they had, no, this is on CI Records. Oh, wow. And then they were after, Epitaph, right? after this, they get signed to Epitaph. Wow. So that says something. Basically, yeah. they did a record in the early 90s called Just Short of Living, which was not hits. Um, it's not terrible, but it's just not. It's not what people were looking for. We'll say that. Uh, this EP is like perhaps like we there's a bunch of reunion records we we cite right away like you know Descendants uh, everything sucks uh, the Lifetime self titled there's a yeah. few others this is like return form and it's like didn't stop a beat um, if if you like melodic fast hardcore check this out I think um, both this EP is not as good as in the blink of an eye but actually has has is an easier entry point to the band um and it's got more energy it just explodes right out of the gate so um great great little ep meant a lot maybe like honestly one of the most important records for me getting into hardcore which puts me in a great minority but uh i have a lot of love for that seven inch so i mean they were so incredibly important in jersey I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's incredible. They, like, they cross they the Hudson, the they time. cross the Delaware. Things change, but in New Jersey, <laughs> they they slayed. It was crazy. Yeah, and I mean, they were so important, and were like such a like a band for so many, for like generations of hardcore kids in Jersey. Yeah, no question. No, question. you know, like the you know the Jeffs of the world through you know, for me. and then you, and then everyone in between. You know younger. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you know and. Um, rest in peace, Dave Franklin. Real nice dude. Uh, su- supremely nice dude. Yes. Rest in peace to Dave Franklin. All right. Um, you're up. All right. Um, to me, the New York record of the 90s, I set it off by Madball. Yeah. Can't really go wrong. We don't Perfect talk about mid- it a lot, but it's uh, yeah. so, <clears throat> so. Yes, hate breed satisfaction is the death of desire in terms of like being this big kind of change the tempo, change the pace, really change the direction of hardcore. Like really hate breed could call that record the shape of hardcore to come. Yeah. Um, uh, it's in quotation and in parentheses, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, set it off is 90s age of quarrel to me. Oh, really, there's nothing, there's no skippable song on here. Someone said that before, uh, before Madball, there were tons of bands from New York City and there were tons of bands from cities, but nobody had written a city hardcore record until Madball. And it was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, not wrong. And like, and I mean, without using it in some sort of like weird coded language, but they're like, yo, it has this urban feel, this city feel that feels so natural coming off of it. That at the same time, it's just like, yo, this is 
clearly hardcore as hardcore gets and oozing like just like a, so much personality style. you know what yeah. i mean yeah so i mean that's you know a night if you wanted to like i wonder what the lower east side was like in 1994 put on fucking set it off yeah that's actually i mean it's <laughs> i mean jesus christ i mean like that was what new york was like everyone you know what i mean like i was bust like you know like everyone in 1994 dressed like a thug yeah oh yeah 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 like, I mean, I bust Tim Shaw's balls like he was like Mr. Posse top guy. And like he's up front, like all the biohazard videos wearing like oversized car hearts and like a sock hat. <laughs> it was pervasive. And like Madball was like the fucking soundtrack. And like, I mean, that's a very good point. Like, because you think about like, like Brightside, or you think about any like victim and any of the yeah. fucking classics, maybe the Chromex. I would say maybe Age of Quarrel has a lot of that city like. Look, yeah, like survival of the streets kind of vibe. Yep. Like, but it's different. Have a fucking New York record. GB doesn't have a New York record. It's no. it's Age of Quarrel and it set it off. Enough said. Um, going to the uh, both other side of the country and polar opposite. Uh, far side Monroe Doctrine. Wow, I am a huge fan of this record. I've talked about it a good amount on here. Uh, I think this is where Far Side hits their groove of being the weird like altish but also vaguely sounds like bad religion or like melodic hardcore but also whatever the only thing that hurts this record is goof tracks much like the descendants yeah. uh just delete the goof tracks um uh they ballad out with the hell of them and uh popeye the main singer has a voice that's completely unique. Like on sounds like nothing else. Yeah, you can't 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 miss it. So big one for me. Big one for the nineties. Yeah, I mean, I hope you're unhappy. One yep. of the best sad boy. That and I hope that um, I don't I don't um, I don't want to know if you were lonely by Who's Could Do, which we oh, talked about yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are two of the best like sad boy punk songs ever. <laughs> sad boy anthems. Yeah, Seriously. far side. Far side is. Uh, uh, if somebody wanted to tell me Farside was kind of like Husker Du of '90s hardcore, I, I would, I would hear that argument. Not far off. Okay, you're up. All right, here's one. I'm going to go Cruising. far afield, and this one you're going to agree with me on, mm-hmm. probably, mm-hmm. maybe not. Mm-hmm. Fifteen counts of arson. Yes, his hero's gone. It was great. Perfect. Completely underrated. Now we've we've privately had these conversations. Tragedy uh, has kind of usurped their spot in in the scheme of things, which makes sense. Uh, the first two tragedy LPs I like better than this, but this is different than those enough that if someone liked this as much, I would go fair. If you like heavy music, yes, you will like this. It's heavy music made by lunatics. Yes, yeah, I Yo. like it's like in the punkest, fucked up, most insane way. But I think like, I mean, I'm obviously like, I'm, this is not totally my fucking bag. You know what I mean? I like sure. Smashers, right? I like some of these yeah. bands that have been offshoots from this band or whatever. But like, For sure. I remember hearing this back then and being like, what the fuck? Like, this is just. This could be like, if you like moshy heavy music, you could like this. If you like fucking crust stuff and you don't know this, you yes. should. If you like faster hardcore and you don't like fucking beat down hardcore. You could like that. Like, I feel like this nope. could cross over into so many different um, 
of the subgenres, of yeah, that, that yeah. quite often are like severely uh, separated. But his hero is gone. Like, yeah, um, they and they kind of, you know, like I don't want to say they were like they weren't they weren't totally crossing genres, but they also were crossing listeners, like people. I always remembered being surprised at just how many people really loved his hero is gone. And it's for exactly the reasons you said, like they were heavy, they were fast, they were dark, they were dirty. They had all the parts that someone who was coming to something for something more metallic or heavy would want. And everything that you'd want, if you were just a dyed in the dyed in the wool crust, butt flap dude too. So, right. Right. And they played weird shows. Like someone posted a flyer recently. They played a show in Albany with silent majority. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 They played with shutdown in Memphis. Like they, you know, it's just it's, yeah. They they looked at themselves as a hardcore band. You know. So I mean, let's be realistic. Them. The story that you always hear, which I which really warmed the cockles of my heart, was that tragedy. Pri- their primary reason for playing this is hardcore. Oh yeah. Was so they could see Judge. I, I stood next to Bill D. Ramp uh, during the judge set. He was he knew every word. But like, would you ever fucking thought looking at those dudes that they were there for judge? Like that was the reason. No, that was like if you point. just see them, you have no idea. You you, you which is awesome. Say, you know? Yeah, which is awesome. Um, yeah, those dudes are all Memphis hardcore guys. You know, um, right, right. That did, did something weird and far afield, and it's fucking yeah. Weird. I mean, and you know, they they were in a band who I cite somewhat frequently enough so that I didn't put their record on this list. Uh, One word death threat um, who did an LP that I think is one of the best American hardcore records of the nineties. And certainly well before that, but when they started, they were covering youth of today and they weren't covering like fucking can't close my eyes. They were covering disengage. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, all right. uh, I am up. I'm doing a twofer. Okay. Floor punch, fast times at the Jersey Shore. I am a weirdo in this. I like the LP the most of the floor punch material. Why? It's their fastest. It's just the fastest, and it sounds so good. Um, it just, uh, um, it was recorded at Tracks East up in South River, RIP, where the first Axe to Grind uh, live on Axe <laughs> Grind sets were recorded. Thank you, wow. Sean. Thank you, Sean Kenny. Shout out to Sean and Emily. Uh, They're getting married or have gotten married. Right? Getting married, I believe, this week. Happy wedding. Happy marriage. Hope it's fantastic. Y'all Hope you best. have the best vegan straight edge fucking wedding ever. <laughs> so, uh, but Floor Punch Fast Times at the Jersey Shore. A lot of people go demo seven inch. Yo, I get it. Love it. Love that stuff. The LP just hits me better. I just love the sound of it. Bookending that. Um, that's the last record to me that really well, that in the second in my eyes LP, I guess does too. But this record is kind of the closing of the late nineties, like straight edge youth crew yeah. type stuff. And the start of the next era is the right brigade demo 98. I love the right brigade demo, um, Connecticut hardcore stuff that was like, yo, we love all the 90s straight edge shit, but we want to do something that's a little bit moshier. Some people will try to be like, oh, yeah, Right Brigade. It's like Outburst. And stuff. Yo, it doesn't sound like fucking Outburst. No. Right Brigade no. sounds closer to American Nightmare than it does Outburst. It's just that yeah. they had dudes who liked Outburst and Breakdown more than, you know, the, 
Depeche Mode, which is fine, you know, like right, right. no, no idea, yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, um, there was just Moshi and uh, low key Right Brigade set the tone for low key Right Brigade set the tone for AN and a lot of bands who started around then, including shit like No Warning, shit like Frostbite from Wilkes Bear, etc. Um, and then AN obviously blocked out the sun and and took that influence into something different. And it made something much bigger, but uh, that fast hardcore was like a fucking angry vibe. Yes, fat, angry, angry vibe with hard breakdowns, but right. keeping it fast. All right, you're right. up. All right, can I make one snarky comment about your picks? Of course, it's not about your picks because I, I back both of them. So I was watching a pre-show for a festival that happened recently, mm. and um, there was a a DJ. Oh no. That played hardcore songs between the hardcore bands at the show. <sighs> it was in a lounge named after a vodka company, which I was like, there's so much wrong with this. Mm. So I turned it on for them to play um, Righteous Jams. Yep. And Let It Ride by Four Punch, Four Punch. which for all the fucking, you know, pose hounds, Let It Ride is the hit. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You don't know another Four Punch song. You know that song. That's right. Right. Do, so, do, 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 yeah, and it's like going AC, got it, blah, blah, blah. So they, they play the song, whatever. And, you know, the person's like doing it like his fucking like DJ shtick and whatever. And he's like, I feel like I'm back in 2007. Comeback Kid and Terror's coming up next. Matter of fact, I haven't seen either of those bands since 2007. Uh, okay. And I was like, do you know how hard you have to work to not see Comeback Kid or Terror <laughs> in 15 years? They've toured more. They've been in your town more than you have. <laughs> yeah yo they slept on your floor you just didn't see it what are you doing but like the dust was like you could it was like a dust I storm know. you couldn't see it, it i was i Yikes. had such secondhand embarrassment by watching it. like bro i haven't seen them in fucking 15 years i'm like then what are you doing here what have you done in the last 15 years if you haven't seen terror you haven't done you haven't gone to a hardcore show sometimes sometimes shit's unfortunate man and that shit was unfortunate that shit was no, it's not unfortunate. Mm. Trainyard Blues by Crown of Thorns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I think Trainyard Blues, Mentally Vexed, are incredible. They might mm-hmm. be number two and three for New York hardcore records of the 90s. Oh, interesting. All right. I love Crown of Thorns. It's the weirdest shit. None of it should work. Okay. But it works so incredibly well. No one writes like Dijon. No, that's true. Like, I, I don't know what it sounds like, but it sounds like like it sounds like a, everyone else is doing a Dijon ripoff that tries to sound like Dijon. like no one sounds like no one plays guitar like Dijon. That's why yeah. those breakdown records are awesome, because he wrote them. Yes. Yeah. And and um, the sense of melody on the Crown of Thorns records is like. Anytime I listen to it, I'm always taken aback and like, oh, right, that's right. Yeah, I'm He's like, doing yeah, shit and- here. Yeah, and like you know, Isaac's like the vo- the lyrics are fucking fun. And they're really well yep. done. Yes, he has a song about fucking cartoon. Like, like, like at the time when this record came out, and you're like, that guy's gonna be in a band. You'd have given, given me twenty five chances. I would never guess it would have sounded like Crown of Thorns. No, 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 no. Like and melodic I think you see and Crown weird, of Thorns, and you see the name, and you see the way it's written, you see the logo. You don't think it's gonna sound like it does. Uh, I felt guilty of that for a long time um both these records are really good 
like incredible. Yeah. And I think like just, and you know, a perfect storm of every, like the lyrics are great. His vocals, like his vocals are insane and they sound perfect with it. It's just like, I can't talk about how much, you know, I can't reiterate how much I love both these records. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, uh, but train yard blues when it first came out, um, like I saw them pretty early on mm-hmm. and it was like, I was like, holy shit. They played like probably the, whatever the last Super Bowl was in New York. Before oh, we yeah. Came back. Yeah. Um, like it was like a killing time reunion. There was like mad ball just before set it off came out like yeah. 93 probably. Um, and, or 94. And I remember seeing them and be like, yeah, what the fuck? He came out with a pit bull. Oh my God. <laughs> on stage. I'm like, uh, I think we talked about this before. Like he made like an announcement on stage, like oh, yeah. a, a personal thing that had happened to him, oh. you know? And I, I, I mean, I'm fucking 18 and being like, what the fuck am I like? Yeah, oh my, I don't what know am how I, to what, process what I, any what, of this. Would this, would this ticket buy me? Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like I paid eight bucks for this shit and did not know there was going to be this kind of ride. And they came out and they were fucking incredible. And like, I think Demi is a great drummer. <laughs> This this is just like the, a perfect lineup for this band. It's fucking incredibly weird. If you've never given them a chance because you're like fucking tough guy bullshit, whatever, yeah, it's not I bad. implore you. Like you know, we've all made those mistakes. I look at band names, I go never gonna listen to that, and it could be my favorite band. But I'm like that name's stupid. Like we talked last week about Squirrel Bait. Yeah, we did. If I saw that in a fucking record store, I'd be like, that's yeah. ridiculous. It's gonna be some dumb like fourteen year old singing songs about farts. Yeah, did it did, or yeah, like like some lame thirty year olds pretending to be fifteen year olds singing about farts. Right. So you know, but like I think it's not give Train Yard Blues a fair shot if you never have. I think you'll be super impressed. Shut and it's all about Juggernaut. Yo, you know we're in. All right. Um, I got two more. I got I got three more. I'll I'll go quick. Um, all right. Ooh, uh, do I do New York? Do I do weird or do I do New Jersey? Go weird into another seamless. Um, I talk about into another pretty fair amount here. Uh, they are Richie's band from uh, Richie from underdogs band post. Um, they are very post hardcore. I think this is their best record. It, it came out on Hollywood. It is in the Disney vault. Hopefully you can listen to it. If you have a Disney plus subscription sometime in the future, <laughs> imagine um, that that'd be awesome. I mean, it'd be terrible too, but you know, I, mean, I got be... Disney plus I'll share my, po- my, I'll share my password with you. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Um, all right. Mutate me into locksmith and lawyers into tail into getting nowhere into seamless crazy. The first three, especially those are three of my top five into another songs um they're awesome uh it just gets weird i think i said in an interview once when you hear this band at 17 you're like what the fuck when you hear this band at 25 you're like oh shit what the fuck (laughs) um no yeah totally because it's fucking weird man if you're going from you know uh back to back and true blue and then you hear into another, you're like, wait, what what happened? Um, but then yeah, it clicks. I, I think it's one of the most unique bands of the era. And that's saying something because the 90s was ripped with bands trying to do Big weird shit. stuff. Yeah. And I just think that into another didn't just try to do weird shit. They, they were did. the weirdest of the weird shit. Yeah, like I couldn't. I'm trying to like 
vocally, I hear maybe like. Hey, everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. A little Rob Halford? I mean, I bet he would. Like, he would just like if, yep. some of the high notes, like he he lost all the fucking reggae stuff that he did in, in into an into an underdog underdog. Yep, yep. My entry point was Ignorus. Oh, great record. I love also it. great record. But this record is like the perfect storm of like a good production. Mm-hmm. The songs are like catchy as fuck. Pass. They should have been like humongous. They figured out their melodies a bit better. Yeah, like they Ignorus. They're starting to work it out. The first couple records actually are a little heavier, um, which are cool and like running fun. into walls. You're moshing. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. 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 Poison and, fingers. Moshing. Yes. So but then on Ignore Us and Seamless, they kind of figure out their melodies and, and start. It evens out. But yeah, did they break up soon thereafter when this record came out? Functionally, yes, because um, I don't have like uh, any memory of like Internet and, you know, like into another in the toadies like you'd have with like Civ. <laughs> so they did do the, some of those kind of shows but that dried up by like 95 96 i never got a chance to see into another so in so much as i bet they weren't around um they weren't playing right. shows like pretty much anywhere um uh in by even 97 you know so that makes sense yeah um and i mean so there's the unreleased record soul control which is mostly electronic stuff um is it good though i've never heard it it's really long there's a couple very catchy tracks but it's sort of like you have to sign in to for the ride and it might be 47 minutes or it might be like 60 minutes it's long are they going for like the prodigy? Like, what are they doing? Like, uh, maybe going for not prodigy. Um, Atari Teenage Riot. Like, what the no, fuck? No, is that no, happening? no. What's the? Uh, oh, keep keep naming bands. Uh, like, um, from then, like a more more like into another trying to transition into being Portishead. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, but maybe even a little more electronic. Like massive attack, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just not. It's not like it doesn't have that choppiness. But it's like trying to be like chill wave electronic like into another. Like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's weird. I don't it's know if really I need weird. that. I have. I don't hate it. I haven't listened to it in a decade. I and it. I think the, I think the into another reunion record from 2015. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very, very good. Haven't revisited in a while. I'm putting it on my list to revisit. Um, all right, you're up. All right. Um, I'll save my biggest one for last. Please. Um, until your heart stops, Kevin. Right. Like uh game changer. Yeah, one of one of the one of the metalcore records, one of the like chaotic sounding records, right? Like as it yeah. continues on. Um yeah, and like even if you were like this, kids. Yeah. And even if this isn't your cave in, 
hearing the contrast between this and Jupiter is awesome. Yeah, like within three years, like yep. the 18 year olds wrote this fucking like classic metalcore mosh record. Yep. Then and there's like this EP right? later. Yeah. And then yeah. there's this creative eclipses and then which kind of like bridged the gap. And then it was like, mm-hmm. and here we are. Yep. Big riff is going to knock you on your ass. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I would consider of its time, the best post hardcore record of that, like little window. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You're up. Good record. All right. Um, yo, this one might surprise you, but it might not. Uh, kill your idols. This is just the beginning. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't surprise me because that's an incredibly important record for so many people. Yeah. Yeah. And um, especially the shore. Sure. It was really big. Um, I forget how much I love this record till I hear it. And I really do love it. Um, fast punk hardcore. And like the band who straddled that bridge better than most, you know, like really kind of like, yeah, we're able to do like, you know, get you a man who can do both. They, they, that was them. Um, right. They could play with blank 77 and then play with, you Break know, like Gnostic front or, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Um, yeah. After this record, stuff starts slipping off a little bit to me. Um, yeah. I like I like a couple of the splits they do, but they they do an LP after this, their first LP, and and it doesn't connect for me personally. But this record, um, just without even being conscious of it, ended up being a gateway for a lot of people who were in the more straightforward Revelation hardcore, like the straight edge stuff of the time, etc to get more into the punk stuff or like thrashier stuff or, or classic early eighties, hardcore stuff that maybe like I probably heard killer idols before I heard poison idea. Sure. And that was kind of a gateway to be like, Oh, you hear this, hear this poison idea band, you know? Um, and that matters. So shout out to this record. I think this is their best stuff. I really like their first 12 inch too, but I think this is where they just are firing on all cylinders. And it's first 12 an inches of skull on the front, right? Yep. Yep. This is just an EP, you know, and it's like six songs, maybe it's just clicks right through eight songs, 15 minutes. Boom. Perfect. Yeah, I feel like this, you know, like I don't for being honest, I don't Mm -hmm. really need to listen to Kill Your Idols. (laughs) How many times I've heard these songs a million fucking, but like live, they're still fun. Yes. Like they're never a band that I would be like, I'm going to throw that record on. But this definitely is there. If you've never heard them, I think somebody this is this is probably no, I'm not going to be unfair. If you've never heard them, you should hear this record first, and you can decide if you want to proceed or not. But this is this is their best. Like I think, probably four of these songs are you know these are like their best songs to me. Period. No, 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 no bones about it. Yeah, can't take it away. Fall. I mean, yep. enjoy the show. Is really yeah. Those are the hits. I mean, they got so many. Yeah, <laughs> those are the closers to me. Yeah, All right, yeah. your last one here. You want, let, let me go. Go. Oh, yeah. Mine's less. Uh, Rorschach remains sedate. Um, very, very good call. Really love this record. So, so essentially, to me, in New Jersey, there's three. There's three hardcore bands that were doing kind of variations on a theme, and it's not, but it is. Far, far left, we'll say is resurrection um they were doing 
a little bit noisier version of the straight edge stuff, the new age stuff. Some hits, some miss. I think the Resurrection 7-inch, the EP, the first record, is awesome. The LP always suffered from bad production. When you hear the Death Wish reissue, it sounds a lot better. But I liked what they were doing. Then there's Rorschach, who were kind of like gnarly, ugly, fast, hardcore punk, but were also weirdly technical and clearly skilled and became very influential in stuff that became much more metal than they were, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And remains to date. Just, it's just got catchy guitar parts. Like I'm listening and it's like, Oh, second or third track in. I'm like, yo, this is, I haven't revisited this record in some years and I remember it and I know this song because of it. And like, that means a lot. And then on the other side, a record you mentioned before dead guy and all these bands in different ways were doing this kind of chaotic, noisy sound. Um, clearly Rorschach and uh, Dead Guy a little more accomplished than Resurrection. But I, I always kind of liked that, and I liked looking at it as a spectrum of that because um, I wouldn't yeah. naturally, I wouldn't naturally say Resurrection and Dead Guy have a lot in common. <laughs> you'd, you'd have to really squint to see that. Resurrection and Rorschach, sure. Rorschach and Dead Guy, definitely. You know, I mean, um, main songwriter. Correct. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So shout out um, Rorschach. Yeah, I usually go to today. Autopsy for them. You do? Okay. I, just because that's that was my introduction, and that's like '95. Yep. But that kind of had like again, like how I think discographies are so awesome because they get you into stuff, but then it's like hard to parse out everything because yeah. it's like I've listened to this all in one. So like, you know, even like the infest stuff or like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, no. like, you know, my you know, threat to me was the fucking discography. Uh, no, I get it. Remain Sedate is the first uh, 12 tracks on. Autism. Right, right, right. So, so you probably yeah. get that. But no, I agree. I I, I know these as LPs because Rorschach and I mean, yo, know, Dead Guy was a band. You you could find uh, Fixation on a Coworker used anywhere um yeah. you could get i think i bought both rorschach lps used at princeton record exchange for like you know five bucks whatever it was you know they're in nice shape, like perfect condition like but they were just around um so yeah the, the great records um these are that was 12 of my favorite ish records of the 90s tom hit us with your last one i'm gonna shout out my boy patrick kinlan on this one Ooh. Although this wouldn't be the one he would pick, but fuck him, he's not here, so he can't defend himself. In here, in here. Um, I would say, much to the chagrin of a lot of people, the well, we said already said this about Hey Breed. The <laughs> second record, like if you couldn't find your copy of Satisfaction, and you're like, I got to put something in here mm-hmm. for the from the metal side of things, okay. Earth Crisis Firestorm. Yeah. <laughs> people hate it. Some people hate it, but for it's the most def- I would go to far to say the most divisive band and record. Yes. Of the, of the entire of the 90s in hardcore history, maybe. Oh, interesting. No, I think you're right. I think they they created what's another um, record that like someone like you would be like, I fucking hate that shit. And then someone like Patrick would be like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. 
bold. It's so difficult. You're either all in or all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like you have to get into like records that symbolize more than just the songs that it are has on them. To. Right, 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 right. Like Earth Crisis, Firestorm, one excellent pick. Uh, clearly, not just a defining record of the '90s, but one that's super important. And like, I know that means a lot to a lot of people. Um, also, I get it. To be honest. When you listen to it, it's it's instantly memorable. Like, there's no denying that, right? Like, even the biggest hater, which I'm not the biggest hater. There's a lot. No, no, no. Of me, but oh, for sure. Even the biggest hater would have to admit, like, yo, you hear block by block, and you know, you know, you know, everyone knows those goddamn right. words, right? So, um, reversal man knows those goddamn words. <laughs> they wrote a song about the motherfuckers. That's true. So, um, here's my question. The Firestorm EP. Yes. Is that your favorite Earth Crisis record? Yeah. It's their most concentrated form. Yeah, I feel like that was like, yeah, it kind of got went further and further. Like at the time, I mean, you got to think like when I heard it at the time, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like it was like mind blowing because it was like. This doesn't sound like anything else I listen to. This sounds like fucking Slayer, and he's singing about fucking, you know, indigenous rights and fucking veganism and shit. I'm like, what is happening? And he was going so hard on it, and it's still ch- it's chunky in a way that most hardcore wasn't. But you could see like the energy pulsing off of it. All right, yeah, looks- and you'd see videos and stuff that like you know tape traders and stuff. You'd be like, yo, man, fucking Sarah, you know. And like, yeah. it's funny at the time we'd be like. Me and Justin used to always quote this. We had this video from Syracuse and and before they're closing with Firestorm. And I remember and Carl goes, I want to see 50 to 75 people up here. <laughs> and like we'd always quote that. And let's see 50 to 75. Like so very strangely, like 76, specific, right? you're not getting up here. Like yeah, yeah. Yo, 76, oh, oh, oh. fuck off. They got a, but a we'd clicker always, like, on see the 50 stage. To 75 people up here. Just because it was like that, you know, but like so if we if you, you know, if Think of like the bigger bands. Like if you were like had only 50 people up front, you'd be like, that was whack. (laughs) But at the time, it was the fucking coolest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 Destroy the Machines is obviously very important. But to me, Firestorm is kind of like if you're like, all right, sell me. Like, I feel like All Out War is a little too goofy. Okay. Rapping. Yeah. Yeah. Not you're not. But if you're like, give me like, sell me on this. I think if you put like Firestorm into like Unseen Holocaust or something like mm-hmm. I would, that would be my best chance of trying to sell somebody who has no interest on Earth Crisis to maybe get into them. The other, the other records, the songs get longer. They're, they're more like I wrote a fucking thesis and I yelled it over mosh parts. <laughs> you know All what right. I'm saying? Like this no, is I more do. like succinct. Yeah. All right. So here's the question. I might need a, a guest on this one too, but I want yours first. Yes. If Earth Crisis, they do the All Out War single, the very yeah. first thing, right? And then they do Firestorm. But that's it. Would they be more legendary, less legendary, or the same as they are now? All right. I'm going to say more legendary. So like they they finish with Firestorm, never play another show. Right. Here's they a just hot do take. The single. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they have those two things out, and that's yep. it. Yep. We talk. People talk about them like we talk about Inside Out. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Let's say. Let's see. Let's give it a try. We calling somebody? We calling. We calling. Let's see. Let's, let's see what time it's. Hello. Yo, Pat. What's up? What's going on, bro? Chilling. You're live on Axe to Grind. Tom, can you hear? Can you hear Patrick? No. Oh shit. Okay. Very. I can hear like kind of like a cell phone, but that's it. Okay. Here, hold on. Let's say. Say something, PK. I'm here. Hello. Check. 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 Uh, Low, but I can hear you. Virginia, Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. The question for you is: If Earth Crisis had only released the All Out War single and then Firestorm single. And then broke up, never played another show, never released another record. Would they be more legendary than they are, less legendary than they are, or the same? Same. Same. Yep. Tom's thesis is that if they broke up then, we would talk about them the way we talk about Inside Out. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think, but I, I think to some degree, we already kind of do. It's us that talks about Inside Out because of our age. Earth Crisis is Inside Out to some kids. But they have like 10 albums, dude. Yeah, right, you could see them like tomorrow if you wanted. <laughs> and as Tom is saying, you could see them tomorrow if you want. So is Inside Out Inside Out if you can just ignore them? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, I mean... Okay, so you yeah, know what living the, yeah. too long sometimes well makes well you the, the villain. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly think that Firestorm retains what it is across all this time, which is just like a moment that like is important no matter how. Even if you hate it, it's important. I think in that respect, it's, it's inside out. You know what I mean? No question. Like, he's, he, but he's, he's not wrong. His thesis is not wrong. If they broke up right that we would be talking about them just like we'd be talking about it. hundred percent. I mean, look, let's also like, just be honest. Carl uh, looks like he's coming over to do our law. Uh, Zach has, uh, stays out of the public eye, except for when he has an opportunity to look cool. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference there. So, so like, I don't know. It's not a fair comparison necessarily. If you live long enough and you're going to eventually look like somebody's dad. Yo, uh, good. Well said. Tom, what do you got? He can't hear. Here's you, my thought. Yeah, let's hear it. They break up in 94 mm-hmm. after that record comes out. You know what the legend of that band would become? Mm, what? They kill drug dealers. They, they fucking blow up fucking furrier. Like, <laughs> okay. they would have such a fucking like, like, so if they people blow, talk about they raid more for the stories from the songs. Right. They'd be raid, but times 1 million. Because the stories yes. would seem so extreme. Yes, yes, that's a fact. Yes. Okay. Yo, PK, uh, thank you for joining us. But uh, give give the the mass public a quick update on how the shows have been. Uh, lit, very lit, fun as hell. Uh, go see Self Defense with Thrice. Yo, uh, I'll talk to you later, brother. See you in Chicago. Um, Tom, that was a fun jaunt in the '90s. We went some places we normally don't go, which is always fun. Yeah, that was my hope. That was my plan. Um, And reach out if you guys, if anyone needs any, you know, that's what we're here for. We're like your cool old brothers that know all the answers. Yeah, who aren't aren't trying to be dickheads about the music. No, so if you're like, hey, what do you think? 
you know, I'll, if you if everybody wants, if we can get my list, if we can get our list together, mm. I'll put up a fucking a, a nice little playlist, a little mixy it, mix. It. Fuck yeah, let's do it. If you want, if they're on there, I'll, I'm happy to do that. Let's go. All right. Uh, see you next week, everybody. Be good. Peace.